0: It's August 19, 2020. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Samantha Kimsey from Computational Thinkers, and uh, she is here to tell us about a co-working space for kids. And then we'll be joined by Curtis Kropar from the Hawaiian Hope to talk about computers and the circular economy. Of course, now I want to welcome Samantha. She's calling in all the way from, I don't know, some place in Honolulu. <laughs> and uh, we're <laughs> going to be talking about uh, her, her not only computational thinkers, but, uh, you know, distance learning and co-working for kids. And welcome to the show, Samantha.
1: Yeah, thank you, Bert. Thanks for having me.
0: You know, and, and I, I miss having you in the studio. But, you know, in this uh, new reality of ours, uh, I, I have yeah. to... Uh, have my guests call in but uh, it's great to have you on and you know yeah. this is something that i i really have you know i mean obviously we've heard about co-working for uh for folks who want to mm-hmm. you know do business uh, in in a place that not necessarily you know needs to be their office but mm-hmm. they can go to a co-working space but well, what's this idea around co-working for kids
1: yeah well uh, it originally you know we've we've had computational thinkers for since 2013 where mm-hmm. our students are learning all the uh, the fundamentals of computer science and how to take things from the real world and turn it into something a computer understands, and that's always that's always been an after-school program. But you know, at some March the 16th, we were so ready to go and offer our our uh, fall break program, our sorry spring break program, and we we got our center all ready. It was our second location. We was very very excited, and literally like the day of. I had phone calls or were watching the news, and they found out that you know, we, we were on completely lockdown. So that was really frustrating. So we were really was, was at a, in a bit of a pickle and had to figure out, well, how, what do we do? We're still paying rent. Right, <laughs> have, right. The show must go on. And so um, I tried again, and we kept reinventing ourselves and redefining what products we could offer. And I finally just threw my hands up in the air. I'm like, this is like I'm wasting more time and money at marketing and advertising and trying to continue educating children. And I'm just hitting a roadblock. Mm -hmm. So um, all summer long, I just said, okay, I'm throwing my hands in the air and I left. (laughs) I literally left. and I was like, I can't do it. Nothing is working. And so uh, I left the island for the entire summer. And it was great because I think I, I actually think it was really good for me, maybe others to just have a chance to to refresh and and reboot ourselves, and while I was gone, I just, I thought, you know, hey, we have this space, and how are we going to be able to use it, and I know that a lot of kids are getting back to school, and as a parent myself, trying to play homeschool mom, but -hmm. also maintaining my job as well, and so that's whenever I realized, like, well, why don't we just go over to our center and start doing our homeschooling over there, and uh, it was just kind of a, it it just kind of fell right into place, that it does seem like co-working, and as an enterprise software developer in my, my previous years, back in 2015, I finally left Oracle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're doing project management all the time. And I guess we are doing distance learning ourselves because we're always working wherever we can find a an Internet connection and have a computer. And so I just took all of my previous experience and started applying it to our distance learning. So. Now our students arrive at our new our new center, which is located at 2820 Dole Street, just down from the university, and the students arrive at 730 in the morning. They go through their COVID checks, you know, their temperature and their screening, put all of their things away, get their hands washed, and then we go and we visit our Kanban. And I don't, I don't know, for those project managers out there, so you have a board where you start listing out all the tasks that you have to complete for the day.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So I think that's one of the challenges for a parent, and even kids too, is is time management and knowing, how do I keep myself on task? I don't have a teacher in front of me who's saying, do this, do that. There's not a bell ringing. And so I think this is a great opportunity for us to teach our children to become more responsible educators for themselves and taking on this this chance of like, okay, these are all the things i got to do. How much time do I have? How do I break my day into these small parts? So we're able to take our computational thinking concepts, one of which is decomposition, of course, and start breaking our day down into smaller parts and then applying abstraction. Like, okay, of all the things I've got to do, how do I prioritize that? Mm-hmm. Nope. removing the parts of my tasks into uh, the ones that I need to focus on. And then start building, um, you know, an algorithm for my day. How do I, where do I begin and where do I end? And so bringing that into our classroom, I think, has been helpful for a lot of our students. So, yeah, we, start, we started this week and people buy memberships just like you would a gym. And you buy one day, two days, five days, and we have a hanai pack where you can bring it in and share your hours with anybody in your, your family, whether it's a blood relative or, or not. And you come in when you need to. Start so, at
0: 7.30. So, cemented, and, uh, So this is, this is to augment the class or the distance learning that they're already doing with their, their regular school that they go to?
1: Yeah, so there's so many new platforms that kids are having to to follow, whether it's they're doing things on Khan Academy or everything in Google Classroom or now the new Acelus distance learning program. And I think a lot of the schools are partnering with Acelus to do online uh, classes. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. so we've we've got our tech advisors, a team of people that we've done training and got them all ready on all these different platforms. And so the kids come in and they, they, they have their plan of everything that their school teacher has ready for them. hmm And so we just kind of, we help them review your plan. Like, what has your teacher got for you today? Like, what are all the things you need to do? When do you need to do it? Get it all planned out. And so we're there as their support, but not just for, like, they're planning their day, but also their tech support, too. My audio is not working. I can't get on my Zoom meeting. My internet connection is slow. Like, all these things that parents are at home going, honey, I don't know. I'm in my meeting. I can't talk to you right now. And and so it's kind of nice to be able to outsource your distance learning to somebody else. So but That's yeah. have to
0: so that's interesting, so you're actually augmenting so typically you would think that the student would be at home and they'd got to do their distance learning and they're you know competing with their parents on on uh you know getting <laughs> access to the internet, but you're right. offering a service where they can actually go to where you are and mm-hmm. do all their distance learning from there and mm-hmm. you provide them support to you know do whatever technical support, but you kind of keep them on track uh, throughout whatever you know lessons or or tasks that they have to do.
1: Yeah, but the other thing that I I liked about our our facility is that we're also able to provide tech and Mm -hmm. a lot of schools, and and I know that you have um, Curtis coming on after, that's one of the challenges not every parent has first of all, do they they have internet at home if they haven't, how do they get it and then also do they have computers at home, and a lot of people are getting computers now, I think the sales of, of laptops have skyrocketed as a result of this or even iPads, but um, are they capable? Do they have the the basic operating system that can support the Zoom meetings? Because I know some of the the older OSs are not even doing very well using some of the the um, collaborative software.
0: So Samantha, so, so this is great. Where can people sign up and and uh, you know maybe take part in what you're offering?
1: Yeah. So we we have computationalthinkers.com dot com for taking our classes mm-hmm. as we normally do. Goes two thirty to five thirty. You have our normal after school classes at our our center. But CoworkingKids.org, Go there, purchase a membership, book the days that you want to attend your classes, and then at two thirty when the day is over, sign up for after school classes and work on your programming, your artificial intelligence, your animations. And so, we're either either place you'll be able to find us.
0: Sounds good. I'll put that up on our show notes for later on. Thanks, Samantha, thank for, for joining
1: us. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay,
0: and we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Curtis Kropar from Hawaiian Hope, and we'll talk about computers. And computer reuse and a circular economy, this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm happy to welcome Curtis Kropar. He's the head of a nonprofit called Hawaiian Hope. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Hey, hey. Good afternoon. Hey, Curtis. Now, you know, Curtis, uh, maybe we can start off by you just sharing a little bit of the the history of Hawaiian Hope and and how you got kind of started and how did you end up kind of pivoting into this uh, computer reuse? Sure, sure, sure.
3: And, uh, you know, if I get long-witted, just, uh, you know, don't worry. hang up on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Hawaiian Hope, we, are, we, we originally started back in 2006,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, we actually started off originally as Homeless Services, and a lot of people don't realize that. What kind of services
0: were you providing? What kind of services were you providing?
3: We worked with a lot of the homeless shelters, mm-hmm. and... We set up computer classrooms in the shelters uh, for a lot of the residents, you know, to to use the computers. Um, In, you know, some of the shelters, we had very high levels, and we still do, of kids living in the shelter. a lot of people don't necessarily equate, you know, kids being homeless. But there are thousands of kids in the state who are homeless living with their parents Mm -hmm. out on the street.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, we were setting up computer classrooms in the shelters, the kids would come in, do their homework, um, you know, from certain time to certain time, and then the adults after that would show up and they would do their homework because a lot of the adults were actually in, you know, taking classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how we start off with, uh, with with doing that. Um,
0: and then, and did, then, and then kind of, did you kind of, yeah, did you kind of pivot from there? Well,
3: it it, it kind of like took off. It, I don't know necessarily about pivot, but it kind of took off on a life of its own because we, our original intent um, was not necessarily to get into the hardware like we're doing now, mm-hmm. um, but it just it kept going in that direction. So we, um, you know, we offered as uh, residents would move out of the shelters, move into their own housing, um, we would offer them a free computer to take with them, you know, to their new place, kind of mm-hmm. like a housewarming gift. Oh, no, that's um,
2: great.
3: Yeah, you know, and so yeah, we ended up giving away just hundreds of computers like that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um. um you know, and then all of a sudden we got requests from, you know, other people. Hey, I need a computer, too, you know, and uh, it just it just snowballed. And then all of a sudden we got the donations start coming in. I mean, the, you know, not just one, two, three at a time, but, OK, here's 20, here's 40, here's 60. You know, oh, by the way, hey, Kurt, we got 300 computers for you. Where do you want them?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Tell me, where do you where do these donations come from?
3: We we get a donations from just a cross section of of everybody. We have individuals who donate equipment to us. Um, we have you know other nonprofits who donate equipment to us as they're refreshing. We get donations from First Hawaiian Bank, um, mm-hmm. you know, as they're refreshing. A lot of the corporate donations. Um, I mean, it's just it you know we've had we've had donations from the FBI years ago. Um, I mean, we we get donations from just everybody. Department of Health, um, Queens Hospital. I mean, you name it. We've we've gotten equipment from them. Um,
0: you know, and this is you know one, this is something interesting because I I know you really make a distinction between computer reuse and recycling, right? Because people think, oh, recycle. I just you know I'll just put my computer over here, and typically recycling is 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 trashing a computer, but reusing yeah. a computer. Uh, is, is a is a yeah. lot different uh, in terms of its uh, you know, its applic- uh, application.
3: Yep. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's, that's absolutely accurate. Um, you know, a lot of people, they talk about, oh, I'm going to recycle my computer. Well, you know, we're a reuse facility, and mm-hmm. so what that means is we go through and we evaluate your machine, try to figure out, can we use it? If the whole machine's not usable, we'll take it, strip it down for parts, and then we use out of it what we can use. So as much as we can, we're reusing it. Whereas recycling, you know, when you give it to a recycling center,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, it's pretty much scrap metal. It doesn't matter if it's a brand new machine in a box. They look at it like, well, thanks, you know, and it's, it's put on a pallet. They ship it off island and that's it, um, you know. And so, you know, when they do that, we instantly lose access to another device, you know, another piece of technology that somebody here in Hawaii already paid for. Um, and now, all of a sudden, boom! It's off the island.
0: Right, right, right. Um, what 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 sort of computers are you able to get your hands on? And these aren't these aren't like old, ancient machines. <laughs> these are, you know, what maybe a couple, three years old. Oh
3: yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we do we do we we do get our fair share of ancient machines. We had, I mean, literally yesterday, I had about seven machines show up, and, and I swear to God, the, the the newest one's fifteen years old. <laughs> oh you know? really? Yeah, no kidding. So, what? No, describe no kidding. describe um, the,
0: the variety. I mean, what, 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 what brands are typically coming through your door?
3: Um, our most common machines we get are HP, Dell, and Lenovo. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are the three primary ones that we get. Um, but, yeah, we get machines. I mean, some of the, some of the donors um, we get equipment from, they, they don't buy their equipment outright. They lease it from different computer companies. And at the end of the lease, they're supposed to send the stuff back,
2: uh-huh. and the
3: leasing company, yeah, and the leasing company's like, no, we're not going to pay for shipping back. Just get rid of it, you know. And so we get equipment that's literally three to four years old sometimes, and it's, it, you know, some of this stuff looks like it's never even been used. Oh <laughs> um, Wow, you know, and it's it's really yeah, seriously, we get some we get mounds of awesome equipment. Um, one of the complications though with this is that, especially with you know most of the corporate stuff. Um, they pull the hard drives out before they' give them to us, right, so we get we get a really great working computer with no hard drive, and so um, you know it 's one of our complications is that you know okay, great we're getting a donation of four or five hundred computers at a time, and we love that, but because there 's no hard drive, we have to warehouse that equipment until we can buy a hard drive.
2: Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we can get them. They're relatively cheap. We can get them for ten, twenty bucks each. You know, hard ten, drives, yeah. ten or twenty dollars each doesn't sound like much until you have to buy five hundred of them. Right. You know.
0: Well, and then of course you know there's the whole logistics of of warehousing, like you just said, and and then having mm-hmm. the production to production line yep. to actually install all of those uh, you know hard drives.
3: Yep, yep, yep. It does take a it it does take an amazing amount of space and energy. So.
0: So, you know, in terms of in terms of your operations, I mean, uh you've been you've been kind of providing this service for a while. Uh, you know, is it is it basically a, a volunteer crew and how do you how do you manage sort of the peaks and valleys?
3: Um, yes, we are uh great question. We are right now all volunteer. We have no paid staff. Um we've been doing this for fourteen years as volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we are trying to kind of like move to the next level of, of our production, um, which is, you know, doubling, tripling, you know, 10 times our output. Um, and we've, you know, we've acknowledged that in order for us to do that, we need two things. We need at least a couple of paid staff and we need a much larger facility. Um, and so that's kind of where we're heading to is that, you know, we, we know, I mean, we've got a small army of volunteers. I've got I mean, we we've done projects where I've got twenty people on site, you know, doing work. Right. Where um, where, where
0: where are you physically located? Out in
2: uh, our
3: leeward side, right? No, no, no. Um, our main tech center is in Kakako. Oh, okay. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so our main tech center is in Kakako. We have an internet cafe out in Waianae. Mm-hmm. Um, we have storage lockers. You know, three different locations for storage lockers. Um, but yeah, our main tech center is actually in Kakako. So.
0: And and what you've pretty much what bootstrapped this non-profit? Bootstrapped? Yeah, I mean, uh, is it out of your pocket or where you know, are you getting are oh, you getting any kind of uh philanthropic support? Um when we first started it, yeah, I paid
3: for everything out of my own pocket when we first started up. Um you know, the first couple of years I I footed the bill for absolutely everything. Um we we now do have a number of sponsors um you know uh, that that give us money. We've got uh, a couple of them. Like uh, as an example, Locations Foundation. Woohoo, mm-hmm. Locations. Uh, if I can plug them. <laughs> um, you know they are one of our faithful sponsors. Um, they've provided us a bunch of money over the years. You know, five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand. Um, and that money, most of it, is used to buy parts like the hard drives to put back into computers. And so we can give them away. So they've they've helped us do mass distributions, um, you know. And uh, yeah, like last year we did two mass distributions with them, and just in two distributions we gave away 1,100 computers. Wow. In two distributions, yeah. And, and this those, was over a, a period of how so they, how
0: long? How long was that? that? How long was that period of time that you got uh, got those 1,100 computers out? Four months. Wow.
3: So, now, yeah, we we pumped out we pumped out 1,100 computers in four months.
0: Wow, that's great.
3: Uh, with with volunteers, with a volunteer staff and one tech bench.
0: <laughs> now, now, so, now, Curtis, you know, uh, I I do want to ask you also about you know the the whole demand that has uh, sort of skyrocketed as a result of of COVID nineteen and and the fact that everybody is now you know really working or going to school from home, and I think that's really kind of changed the dynamic from you know pre. Pre-pandemic, and I, I do want to I want to give you a chance to talk about that, but want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to uh, continue our conversation with Curtis Kropar from Hawaiian Hope. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, and Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Curtis Kropar, who heads up the nonprofit Hawaiian Hope. And uh you know, Curtis, right before or right during the break, did you notice that it was a location sponsored break? I heard that. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> well, you know, that's great that you have have sponsors and you know, what I what I did want to talk about is the uh the demand that has been created just because a lot of people are now, you know, having to work and and go to school from home yep. and and I think um you know there have been a couple of projects that really brought the uh, you know Hawaiian hope to my attention, and maybe you can share a little bit about how things have changed you know during these sort of covid times
3: sure sure um so we've yeah we've we've done a number of projects um you know mostly we're pretty centric on oahu mm-hmm. um you know, and, and all of our services has been pretty much co- concentrated here. Um, but we've had groups reach out to us across the state, you know, saying, you know, hey, look, we're, we've got hundreds of kids, thousands of kids in the area, and we need computers. What do we do? Um, and so we have been working with a group on Big Island. Um, and, you know, we've shipped over, uh, we shipped 100 computers to them. Um, they've distributed them to different, you know, areas of, of the island. And now we're looking at you know, even larger scale projects with them. Um, we shipped over, excuse me, sorry, we've shipped over um, 12 computers to Molokai mm-hmm. as kind of a like a sample package of, you know, here's what we could do. Um, and so, you know, they're evaluating those machines and they're going to hand some of them out. Um, you know, we've, just yesterday I had a request from Maui. Um, you know, this morning I had requests from uh, just all over the island. Yeah, Every single day we've got, We've got people requesting equipment. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, as I said earlier, we've been doing this for 14 years. And so we've been preaching this message for 14 years. We need computers into the hands of, of, of you know, local families.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, you know, one of the things that, that the whole COVID response has done has has kind of like, you know, whacked everybody upside the head and said, hey, look, you know, it's, it's here's what we need. And all of a sudden, people all over are realizing the lack of tech, you know, out into the general community, and general population.
2: Right, um, right.
3: You know, and, and it's surprising. Surprisingly, it's not just low-income families, and it's not just, you know, we work with the homeless families and low-income families, and it's not just, you know, low-income that is experiencing this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of one of our one of one of the um i can't name their name but one of the larger uh, organizations you know of course they sent okay hey these are all white collar workers okay everybody we're going to work from home right everybody stayed home workers work from home so they sent everybody to work from home um, the thing is that what they gave them was a um, uh, a windows surface tablet mm-hmm. to go work from home okay you know, what, little 10-inch screen? (laughs) And that may work for one or two days, but when you need to bang away at some spreadsheets and documents and, you know, you're used to having two, three, and four monitors on your desk, that little 10-inch screen ain't cutting it, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. so we've had dozens of people come in, hey, Kurt, uh, listen, I got this uh, Microsoft Surface. How do I hook up my two monitors to this Microsoft Surface? Because I'm in my keyboard and my mouse. How do I do that? You know, and so now, I mean there and there's thousands of people like this, not just in Hawaii, but you know, tens of thousands across the US.
0: Well, so are you are, are you kind of now having also to do tech support and, and do you you know, are you like uh uh um having to compete with the, the, the best buys and, and you know, providing uh the, the support and, and <laughs> are you able to are you able to charge for that?
3: Um well, it's kind of interesting that um, so we, you know, our philosophy is we handle a lot of stuff up front. So we do a lot of um, preemptive tech support and explain to people how things work. And, you know, and what that does is it ultimately cuts down on our response tech support issues. So we spend a lot more time educating people up front on here's what you got, here's how it works, here's how to use it. Um, and that ultimately, that wipes out like three quarters of our response tech support type issues.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's not, not quite the same for us because, you know, um, we're kind of used to doing that with all of the low income families who we normally hand out equipment to, you know, and so it's, it's the same thing. We, we do a lot of tech support for them, but for us, because of the way we do stuff, it's more of a, the only time we really have to deal with tech support is if it's a hardware issue, like something stops working, Yeah. you know, not, not necessarily like configuration issues. So, you know, um, on,
0: uh, in the Molokai example, you said you, you uh, shipped off about uh, a dozen computers. What are mm-hmm. the typical uh, specifications of a computer that, that that they're requesting or they need? I mean, obviously, if they're going to do Zoom calls, I mean, it's got to have a camera or something. I mean, what, what are the typical specs of a computer? I mean, and do you provide a monitor as well?
3: Oh, yeah. No, full system. Um, so the... Of course, most desktops do not have webcams built in, mm-hmm. and most desktops do not have Wi-Fi built in. So you know that in itself is already like a, a limitation issue, right? <clears throat> so um, those are extra parts we we often have to track down and buy. And of course, now that you've got you know 200 million people across the U.S. trying to do online li- distance learning and the online work, we're all competing for the same pool of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the, you know, supply issues are are Supply chain issues <clears throat> are a very real thing right now. Um, but, yeah, the typical machine that we put out the door, um, and, you know, and this also counts as donations, stuff that we can take in. Um, we can take in virtually anything. And <clears throat> um, because we're able to put in, like, solid-state hard drives, make the machines run faster, we can take in, like, you know, i3 computers, i5 computers, um you know, some of the i3s are dual-core machines. Some of them are like four-thread machines. Um, but yeah, some of this equipment is easily, you know, five, six, seven, ten years old, mm-hmm. um, and we can still use it. And you know, for a lot of the, for a lot of the the educational stuff for the kids, you know, you can't type that fast. I mean, I don't care. I don't care how fast the yeah. kid's going. You know, you can't type your ABCs that fast. And you can't type your letter to mom. And you know, and so the main thing is, can it get online? <clears throat> um, can it run some of these applications? Um, you know, that's the main important part of it. But, yeah, it's typical specs for a computer is it's a, like an i5 computer mm-hmm. with 4 gig of RAM um, and a hard drive that is at least a 160 gig hard drive. That's it. It's pretty minimal. Right,
2: right, um, right.
3: You know, and then from there we can always, like, if there are special requests, okay, they need they need a bunch of computers with Wi-Fi. You know, we found Wi-Fi adapters that are, you know, relatively reasonable um, if they need more RAM, if they need, you know, solid state hard drive, they want to run faster applications, you know, slower machines. Um, yeah, lots of options. So, so,
0: so, so Curtis, in the last, uh, let's say, 15 seconds or so, what, what is it that you would need to scale? Um, our single
3: biggest consistent need is physical space. We, we desperately need a warehouse. Um, we have identified a potential location. Um, and you know it would be helpful if we could uh, get some upfront uh, you know money to help to help uh, transition from you know our existing spread out spread outness
0: <laughs> to <laughs> well,
3: this one new facility. Oh, you, know? you know, and and
0: um, I'll, I'll put the I'll put the link to the website. It's HawaiiHope dot com, right? And uh, no dot org. org. Oh, dot Hawaiian, org. Hawaiianhope.org. Okay, and I'll put that up. Curtis Kropar, he runs a nonprofit, Hawaiian Hope, and of course gives refurbished computers to families for free. I want to thank you, Curtis, for joining us today. Awesome, thank you. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about digital equity and closing the digital divide. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HBR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, stay safe, and we'll see you next week on another, another edition of bite Marks Cafe.